Getting set to have a chat now with a guest that I think can share some perspective about a topic that I think needs uh, a lot more attention. I think not only do we need to be speaking about this more, I think we need to be shouting about this more. I think that we need to be giving this a lot more focus and a lot more legislation. Talking about keeping our children safe online. We know that internet use has skyrocketed over the last couple of years during the pandemic for not only children, but for all of us. And it's raised some really interesting questions in terms of how safe our kids really are when they're online. Now, there's one story that really comes to mind that seems to be the one that is likely the most widely known case. And there has been some recent developments in it. And that is, of course, the story of Amanda Todd. Uh, We're going to get into this conversation right now with my next guest, who is uh, the General Counsel for Canadian Centre for Child Protection. Her name is Monique Saint-Germain, and she's joining me now. Monique, thank you so much for making the time. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Uh, you know, as I said, I think this is a conversation that needs a lot more attention, uh, keeping children safe online. And I don't want to fear monger, but the Internet can be a, a scary place for adults as well as kids. And I think that we need to face that reality. So let's begin with the uh, Amanda Todd story. Uh, her tormentor was just sentenced to 13 years in prison. Now, this was actually it actually exceeds the recommendation by the prosecutor in this case. Why do you think that is, Monique? Why do you think that the judge decided to sentence him to more than the recommended 12 years and go with 13? Well, it's not unheard of for a judge to sentence above the Crown recommendation, although it doesn't happen that frequently. This was clearly a case that had garnered a lot of public attention, and there was a lot of detail available through the evidence that was put forward about the extent of torment and victimization that he inflicted on uh, his victim. So from the judge's perspective, it would, wouldn't have been that difficult to have come you know, to the conclusion uh, that she did in terms of sentencing. This was calculated and this was intentional on his part. Can you, can you go into some of the details of how he was able to use sextortion to bully Amanda to the point of taking her own life? Well, the details would have come out during uh, the trial. And, um, you know, there was multiple aliases that were used. Some of those aliases were used to befriend her, whereas others were used to threaten her, and they were all the same person behind them. This is one of the things that the anonymity of the Internet, uh, what it facilitates. Um, And for young people who really have a lot of their relationships and friendships online, um, they may not recognize when they're being manipulated. Certainly an adult male who's technologically sophisticated is no match for a 12-year-old girl. I mean, you're right, Monique, this, and this went on for, for years. This went on from the time that Amanda was 12 to the time that she was 15. And right. I think part of, part of what made this so, so horrifying is that he was really able to, to isolate her. He, took her. he took a situation where she was already someone who was being bullied and felt alone and felt like she had no one to turn to and really capitalized on that. Is that, is that unique in terms of what predators are doing, or is that exactly what they're looking for? 
So there's a lot of different types of predators out there. There's a couple things I want to highlight. One is that this victimization um, of Amanda started in 2009, and uh, she died by suicide in 2012. It's now 2022. So we're 10 years past when uh, this all unfolded. And we have similar things happening to kids today with more technologically sophisticated tools, more apps, more social media sites that people can use and manipulate and are using and manipulating to get at children. So it's not just children who may have some vulnerabilities in their life. It's all children who are, you know, in any way connecting on the Internet. Um, there are a lot of different ways in which uh, predators can, can get at them. I got to tell you, Monique, as a, as a parent, as a new parent, it makes me want to wrap my daughter in bubble wrap and never let her see a computer, never let her go on right. the Internet. But, I mean, that's not realistic. This this no, life that no, we lead not. and the way that we live it is not going anywhere. If anything, there will be more social media sites and there will be more creative ways to target children in, in the coming years. So what what do we do? I mean, is talking to children, is it is it getting us where we need to get? It doesn't seem like it. Well, I mean, I think where we've sort of made a mistake is in placing all of the responsibility on parents. Um, you know, we don't do that in any other segment of society. When we take our children to a playground and they play on a play structure, we are confident that that play structure is safe for children, that it's been safety tested, that it doesn't have lead paint on it, all of those types of things. And that's because our governments have stepped in and regulated a whole bunch of things in the, on, in the offline world, whereas none of that has been done in the online world. It has essentially been dropped at the feet of parents to protect their children. Um, and that's, as you mentioned, is simply not possible, particularly the way that technology is part of every bit of our lives. There's so many different issues in terms of the ability to report concerning communications online, the ability of police to get at data and information that is needed for investigations, the ability of people online to be anonymous and to essentially ruin someone's life and not be accountable for it. All of those things come down to the same thing. We've got, obviously, some people in this world who are prepared to do this to children, but we've always had that. What's different is that we now have a scope and a scale of victimization and tools available that can do it at a mass worldwide scale. And these are companies that are profiting from the types of communications that are facilitated on those networks without the responsibility of protecting their users. You know, Monique, you talk about things in the the real world, not the online world, but our, our real world being legislated by government. I mean, we have legislation to keep roads safe. We have legislation to keep our air clean. And yet we don't have legislation to to regulate Internet use or to keep children safe online. Why? Why is that? Why are we why are we so slow on the uptake to do something in an area that we're we're all using on a daily basis for hours. Yeah, so 
you know, this goes back a long way. So when the internet sort of first came into the use of most people, you know, sort of when high-speed internet became accessible to the masses, so to speak, it was new, it was novel, it was great, and governments were taking, a, you know, a largely hands-off approach to it. Um, the problems were apparent from the beginning, and they've accelerated over time. So, you know, it's sort of a collective decision by governments around the world not to do anything too meaningful when it comes to that. And that is becoming a serious problem. So we now have governments in various jurisdictions, including Canada, who are looking at how can we regulate this space. We've got people who believe that the internet is this wild, wild west where people can do whatever they want because that's what it's been allowed to become. But that it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, there are some limits, reasonable limits that can be imposed. Um, and certainly different governments around the world are looking at different solutions. And uh, we do know that the government of Canada is looking at some, uh, some regulation, particularly when it surrounds uh, situations that involve children, which makes sense because as our most vulnerable citizens, if, if we're going to do anything, we do have to do something for children first. Yeah, and I mean, you talk about a child being vulnerable. I think we can all sort of go back to that place in our minds and remember what it felt like to be uh, to be a preteen or to be a teenager and to be sort of in in that mindset where you're just looking for for praise, you're looking for love, you're looking for validation, and when when someone is tapping into that, you you are extremely vulnerable. You don't necessarily know the risk because you don't have necessarily the worldview to understand that kind of a risk. So when it comes to regulating regulating the internet to keep our our vulnerable children safer, is there anywhere that we can look to in the world that's doing it right? Is there a model that we can look at as an example and say they've they've got it? That's exactly what we need to do here in Canada. Well, you know, I mean, every country is going to be different in terms of their constitutional setup and all those other types of things. Certainly, there is a model that is uh, working in terms of what it's covering uh, in Australia. We've got um, a model that's been introduced and is, is, you know, going down the legislative track in the UK. We have another model that's being proposed in the EU. And, you know, all of them have sort of different features um, and aspects to them. And certainly that is part of what the process in Canada has been, would, is to look at what other countries are doing and to try to determine, you know, what's going to be right for Canada in terms of our framework and what, what's, what's going to be um, long-lasting protection for children. One thing that, you know, we need to keep our eye on is that there's a, a lot of different issues, right? So some of it is the safety of the products themselves that are coming out on the internet and on apps and people's ability to, you know, have high privacy settings and other things to, to help keep kids from being connected to adults in the first place. Um, but, you know, 
then there's there's other things like you know exposure to pornography online, which has its own sort of set of issues um, and harms that can come to children. So, you know, there's a lot of different issues, and it's not that every issue is going to be dealt with exactly the same way. There's different uh, mechanisms that can be employed. So, Monique, I mean, this is this is your wheelhouse, and you're coming from the perspective of, of as the general counsel for the Canadian Centre for Child Protection. In a perfect world, what does the Internet look like for, for kids to be using it in a safe way from your perspective? Well, we would like to see a world where kids are not being exposed to and connecting with adults other than, you know, adults that they know, like, you know, in their real world. Um, That would be one thing. Uh, Children not being exposed to pornography, particularly the type of pornography that we all know is out there and is readily accessible at the click of a button. Uh, you know, we, we used to keep this stuff behind the counter and you had to show ID to get it. That's not the case anymore. Um, you know, so those are a couple of the things. And then um, also with the issue of child sexual abuse material, um, you know, we'd like to see a situation where it is not circulating online and where we have tools and mechanisms in place to get it down quickly when it is starting to circulate. So, we have victims that we are supporting who were abused over 20 years ago whose content is still circulating online, is still being found in the collections of offenders today. So we have monumentally failed children at a fundamental level when that's what's going on. And that's what makes this a societal issue. It makes it a governmental issue. It makes it an issue that I think we all share in as Canadians. I know you said that the problem is not just in the hands of parents. But really quickly, Monique, what are, what are some signs that parents can, can watch out for? Uh, well, you know, I mean, the biggest thing that we are always saying is for parents to talk to their children, talk to them about the type of uh, sites that they're on, what they're doing online, help them to understand uh, that the people that they connect with online uh, aren't always who they say they are. Uh, you know, talk to them about uh, the dangers of sharing intimate images or sexual images, um, you know, not just of themselves, but also of their peers. Um, and, and, you know, keeping that open line and dialogue, because what you want is if your child runs into some trouble with somebody, you want them to be able to come to you and talk to you about it. Um, because the, the, you know, the worst thing for a child is to try to go through this alone. And our agency connects with a lot of children on a regular basis who are trying to deal with this alone, and they only reach out when they feel it's reached a crisis level. So, you know, as parents, we know that, that parents want their kids talking to them sooner than that. So you've got to open the door um, and, uh, and, and get them talking. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just about that because, you know, sometimes children will have, uh, you know, they'll feel that it's hopeless. And so, you know, it's beyond the parents. We also need, you know, our policing community to be taking this type of online crime very seriously. Um, you know, we need all sorts of uh, safety mechanisms and education happening through schools and other things. Um, it, it's a, it is a societal problem and it's going to take several segments of society to, uh, to help resolve it, um, not just one. Well, we appreciate so much the work that you do uh, and and for making the time to talk about an issue that, as I said, I think needs so much more attention. Youth sextortion cases in Canada have risen by 150% in the first half of this year. This is a huge problem. Modi, thank you so much for making the time to talk about it. Thank you.